Oh, thank you. Alrighty, folks. So we're talking about recognizing mental health in religion with our new special guest, Davis. Um, so hey. Davis, tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. Um, and then after that, we'll kind of like continue our conversation that we had before, and then we'll get into recognizing mental health and religion. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so my name is Davis, um, last name Couch. I'm from Georgia. Um, I grew up in a very, very religious household. Um, my mom was very religious. My dad was very religious. Um, neither of them drank, neither of them smoked. Um, I don't think I ever heard my mom cuss except like one time um, when someone cut her off in traffic. I think that was the only time I, I remember hearing it. I still have this very vivid memory of her doing it. So very, um, I wouldn't say cookie cutter lifestyle, but very um, organized. Everything was together. Um, we all ate dinner together at night. Um, my dad worked really hard. My mom took care of the house. We lived in the very beautiful suburbs in North Georgia. Mm -hmm. Kind of this picturesque thing. And, and funny enough, I'm not even really supposed to be here. So I was a miracle baby. It's a nice way of putting accident baby. So I was a miracle baby. <laughs> and so when I was born, first off, my mom was nursing and on birth control when, when I was conceived. So the odds of both those things are I think like 99.9% chance that she can't get pregnant. So I was at 0.01% that she got pregnant. Mm. Um, and not only that, when I was born, I was born with the cord wrapped around my neck. So I came out hanging essentially, right? I wasn't breathing. I came out purple. Um, and then my mom was like, why isn't he crying? Why isn't he crying? Um, the doctor like flipped me upside down put a tube in my throat first, sucked all this gunk and then flipped me upside down and smacked me um, on the back a couple of times. And I started crying. Um, and then my mom tells me the story that like, he was so in that moment, like cool and calm and collected, like, yeah, he's fine. But like in, I'm sure in his mind, he was like, Oh, we're going to lose this baby. Um, so anyway, <laughs> even the fact that I'm here is, is crazy. Um, I'm not really even supposed to be here, mm. but of course I ended up being like the sunshine child is what they call me. I was always happy. I was always eating. I was always like attached to my mom at the hip. Mm -hmm. um, so already very rare that I'm here. Um, yeah. So I grew up in Georgia, uh, kind of skipping course of some things. Like um, I was in theater as a kid because my brother was in theater, which kind of makes sense why I kind of got into singing. And I yes, guess, right. It's like a very early age. I was. Um, and I was good at it too. I had a good voice even at, you know, you 10 years old. You still have a good voice. Thank you. You do. Uh, I still, it's hard for me sometimes to listen to myself, even though I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I was kind of a theater kid for a while. And then would say 2008 is when um, my dad lost everything. Our family lost everything because of the 2008 financial crash. Okay. He was in mortgages. Um, he invested a huge amount of money in these neighborhoods. You remember like in 2008, I, I don't know if you remember this, but because we were all were kids. I um, remember. Yeah, like everybody, like you would just see ghost neighborhoods, you know? Mm -hmm. Like you would just see neighborhoods that are half developed that like um, no one was there. They're like maybe two or three houses that were actually occupied. And that was just a byproduct of 2008 when we were building so many houses and giving mortgage-backed securities that 
for people that really didn't or could not afford them. Anyway, we lost everything. So I kind of went from like being really affluent, kind of like getting the new Xbox every year and like having really big Christmases because my dad grew up poor in country. So his whole thing was, I'm going to get a bunch of money and make sure my family's fine, which is kind of the goal for a lot of people. Um, so I think that when he lost all that money, it kind of, God, he's going to kill me if he ever listens to this. He, um, it, he lost a bunch of his money, um, kind of just did like a downward spiral, you know, didn't really take care of his health. So me as a kid, I was seeing all this happen. So I went from like a very stable home to just like having to sell, sell everything and like my brother's car getting repoed. So I didn't really understand what was going on. And funny enough, that's when I started playing guitar. <laughs> so I started playing guitar and now I think about, think back on it. I think it was just a way to distract my mind because everything that was going on. I remember like knowing that we were having a, a last dinner, all of us together before my parents got divorced. Hmm. Cause they were already talking about it. And I just remember um, singing a song and it being really emotional, but I wasn't emotional. So even then I was kind of detaching myself from the situation. I kind of was just like um, hiding away from it. Anyway, we went from, you know, being together as a family to like slowly losing our money, my parents getting divorced. And then I got really into just hanging out with the wrong people. Um, yeah. I was kind of like a rebellious skateboard kid where I was always skipping school. I was smoking weed all the time. I was doing harder stuff like pills occasionally. Um, I did cocaine when I was like 18, maybe 17. So I was just like a rough kid, just really trying to do anything to feel anything right uh, and that makes sense though because you know that whole shift um in 2008 you know that and what you had to like you know witness and how things just started to you know completely change you know um yeah. that, that's that's kind of like traumatizing you know and yeah it starts to change a lot of things so i mean it's very understandable that you know um you did all those things and like you said just to feel something yeah to feel anything and i think weed exactly. i have a very complicated history with weed and i'm sure we'll talk more about it you know i've been smoking since i was about 15 off and on you know i'll take like a month off and i'll go back to it um and it's always been a thing where I, i'm kind of already a very mentally high strong person not in, in the sense of i need to organize everything and i need to make a calendar it's more of like I function, my brain functions in a very, it sounds like I'm bragging myself. It just functions at a high level. Like I'm almost, I'm definitely 80, 80 HD. Mm -hmm. I've been diagnosed bipolar. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but my brain has always been very, like I could never sit still. Um, right. I've always had a creative mind too. I've always yes. like, hyper creative. And I think yeah, that's, that's one of the cool things that comes with, you know, ADHD, you know, um, and just having, you know, mental just illness or, or anything, you know, um, there yeah. are certain pros that um, are neurotypical um, mind doesn't really have. Yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah. And so I, I definitely use that. Like I was on any medication and then. I was smoking a lot. And then at one point, my parents sent me to Laurelwood, which is kind of like a rehab, but also kind of like a mental health clinic, because at one point I got kicked out of my mom's house. I had really nowhere to go. And so I remember saying like, well, I'll just kill myself. And I think in the moment I wasn't really serious. So I just wanted to get, I mean, a, a lot of people who say 
I want to kill myself, they do so because it's a it's their last ditch effort to cry for help. Yeah. A lot of times there's no intentionality. Um, I, I remember hearing a story about the guy who survived the fall from the Golden Gate Bridge. He said, oh, second, yeah, you've seen that. It makes you cry every oh, time. Because the okay. second my feet left those railing, it was an instant regret. regret. Like anybody yeah. who survives suicides, like the second you do it, you're like, what am I doing? This isn't it. So a lot of suicide isn't that yep. we want to end the result of not being here. We just want to feel something so desperately and for people to feel it too, that we yeah. do these things. So I think that's what was going on is I, I just couldn't deal with it. And so I went to Laurelwood and I guess sobered up for like a week. Right. But I was in there for, I, I kept saying like, oh, I'm in there for weed, but really it was like a different, a lot of different things. I think weed was just like a byproduct mm-hmm. of all the stuff I was going through. So anyway, I got out, I had to live with my dad. Um, that didn't work out. Of course, I'm kind of skipping over. Um, I ended up getting kicked out of my high school because I like wouldn't go to class. I'd skip all the time to smoke weed in the woods with my friends mm-hmm. or I would go around like we would steal credit. Like, I was a bad kid. I regret a lot of this, this stuff. Um, we would steal credit cards, go on shopping sprees. I, well, I do want to encourage you really quick. You know, um, you, I wouldn't say you were a bad kid. I, I think you were just, you know, a kid. Um, yeah who, you know, did, you know, bad actions, but you also did some good actions as well. You know, just, I'm sure you put a smile on somebody's face at some point, you know, you know, so it's just like, you know, we aren't really our actions. Um, Mm. You just are, you just are, you know, and it's just like from there, you know, we do good things and bad slash quote unquote bad things. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know society might say, oh, you're a bad kid, you know, being like doing, uh, being in the social work field and the criminal justice field, you know, um, people are not their actions. Yeah. A lot they're of times they're just really hurt too. person who makes a decision. Hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I'm, I'm finished. I'm, I'm listening. Um, I'm just saying, I think a lot of my self-loathing comes from that too. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm always going to be this messed up drug, druggy kid with no future. Right. Like that's always going to be my identity. And no matter how much I run from it, it's always going to come back. Mm. And so I have this like crazy imposter syndrome or I just feel like I don't deserve anything I have. And, mm. you know, I don't, I've done a lot of bad things and I don't think I'd ever deserve to be forgiven for, forgiven for them. Yeah. And even if I did, how much of it is just like my ego wanting to forgive myself, if that even makes sense. So I ended up getting kicked out of school, go figure, I didn't show up ever. And of course, everyone knew that I was like coming in high and uh, it just was bad. Like I was just smoking all the time. Um, and then I ended up going to live with my uncle because my mom like literally couldn't afford a house. So we were living in my uncle's basement. I started, they drug tested me, so I started smoking synthetic weed, and that kind of just, like, absolutely fucked my brain up, right? Mm. Um, I still have a lot of healing, I feel like, just physically from all that. Right, yeah, yeah. And I ended up getting to the the lead of the play. I was in Footloose, and I ended up being the lead, but I ended up getting kicked out of school, like, two days before the show. Because, oh. once again, I was just such a bad kid, like, I just couldn't go to class. I was smart when I applied myself, I just didn't go to class, like, mm. I just had such an addiction to this substance which was weed or synthetic weed that mm-hmm. I'd rather do that than anything else and like that's a huge regret for me is like I didn't apply myself in high school and I didn't get into like a crazy good college because of it so there's a lot of consequences to my actions that I have to deal with now 
-hmm. but kind of like you said it's just like i was given i was just doing the best of what i had and what i knew exactly you were just trying to survive and survival looks like multiple things it manifests in multiple things that's the thing our body is always trying to love us enough to help us survive. It just doesn't know how to do that in the best way sometimes. Mm. Literally, that's just literally how the body works. You know, it's going to purge out any trauma, any hurt. It's going to purge it out. You know, it just doesn't know how to do it in the best way sometimes. That's why, yeah. you know, um, treatment and intervention, it is important, you know, because our body doesn't know. Our body is trying to help us, but sometimes yeah. that help is harmful and it's just like you know um so of course it's so understandable that you know you turn to all these other things some people turn to this thing some people turn to that thing you know it's just is it is a body's response of trying to love us it just does Mm -hmm. not know how to you know um so it's a good song idea you go ahead and write that thing. You write yeah, that shit. Write that down, seriously. You I love you. That's a good. That's a good hook. Yeah, it's just trying to love you. You know, so I know like self love and things like that. A lot of people who don't, you know, love themselves or aren't on that journey. You know, um, you know, we don't realize, and you know, that our body loves us. Mm. It's just we're trying to get our mind to love us, but our body, mm. our body loves us. That's so true. And I think yeah. why why do we, and this is more rhetorical, I guess, like why everything that involves having fun, especially in today's era, this is why I believe evil exists and why Satan exists, even if I'm not technically a practicing Christian, whatever that even means, you know? Like, right, right. Like, yeah. Um, I have a very complicated history and present and future with that, I feel like, but who doesn't? It's called struggle for a reason. Right. But it's like, why everything that we consider fun is detrimental to our bodies like smoking is a good one it's terrible for your lungs it's mm-hmm. even smoking weed i'm convinced is terrible for your mental health people who say it's not are just going through withdrawals whenever they stop so they feel like that's what's happening to them mm-hmm. um but like smoking and drinking like we literally poison ourselves like last night i went out drinking and i had this epiphany it was like i'm just like drinking poison just to like feel have fun i mean even more so where if I'm not going, if I, like I went to a show Monday and I was like, I'm not going to smoke, I'm not going to drink because I just kind of want to prove to myself. And I just like, I had a good time, but I can definitely like correlate the relationship was like, I definitely think I have more fun when I'm drinking or when I'm high or any of that stuff. It just feels like I can't have fun and be sober at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm unique in that. I think everyone has a substance addiction to, to an extent. Like either be caffeine or food or sex. Mm-hmm. Caffeine's like, drug. We don't talk about that though. Mm-hmm. But like it's just like drug. we don't talk about it like it's a drug, but it is a drug. It's just yeah. society. It's just acceptable. Um, exactly. It's just yeah. It's socially acceptable drug. Yeah, I just can't believe mm-hmm. alcohol is even legal. I mean, it's so bad for you. As I literally drank less so much last. I really did. I drank so much in the honor of being candid or whatever um yeah i just drank a little too much overindulged as they say um and even now like i just don't feel like i'm physically 100 percent, and it's like the hangovers are just so terrible anyway mm. it's like if i'm not smoking though i'm drinking if i'm not drinking i'm smoking right right so it's like hard to find that medium ground because i've noticed that 
Um, cause I've taken like week long breaks as recent as like last week or so where I won't be, I won't smoke any weed. And I just noticed that I have like a lot of mental clarity. Um, I get way back more into my music again and my hobbies, but the downfall of it is, is that I'm like really irritable, anxious, and like depressed. I go through more of those. Cause I think for so long I used weed to like block those things in my mind. I don't think they ever helped. I think it just numbed me enough to tolerate it. Right. So it's just like. I get yeah eat me and so I can't do it and I relapse or relapse I can't it's hard to say relapse with weed but then I just no but that that's a real thing it's a real thing you know um and though though relapse is a part of recovery um Mm. it is um that's the thing and you hit on it and I was already going to say but you already had hit on it um so basically you know um addiction a lot of the times addiction is not about addiction it's more about a form of sanity mm. you know and so it's like how can we you know get gain sanity you know in a healthy way in a quote-unquote so, uh, social societally yeah. acceptable way you know what i mean yeah. and that's why I'm for me personally, I'm a huge fan of, you know, medication and therapy and all that other stuff that, you know, um, however, it's like it's like expensive, you know, and it's just yeah, like it's so expensive. Exactly. And so it's like that's why, you know, and I know we live in a capitalistic world, you know, yeah. um, and it has its cons for sure. And one of the cons is the fact, like, just on mental health, mental health should not be a privilege. It is a priority. Mm. You know, it is a priority. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why does it need to cost money for people to have some form of sanity? So it's like, it's cheaper to go and grab some alcohol or go and grab some weed or go and grab yeah. some crack or, you know, it's cheaper to do that. Yeah. It's more convenient. It's more you know, accessible. You don't have to wait four months to get a fucking psychiatrist. You don't have to pay $600. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, and we're trying to gain that sanity, you know, and we, I say we, I'm included in that though. My, um, method of addiction is not drugs. My method of addiction is, um, porn and webcam, you know? And so it's like, we're trying we're just trying to we're on fire in a lot of areas and we're just trying to put it out you know but it's just like society not society you know the the system is not making it easy for us to do that in the best way you know so it's like of course we end up falling into this cycle of addiction you know what i mean because it starts off as sanity and then before you know it we're addicted yeah we're fucking addicted and we're just trying to get some sanity our body is trying to just give us some sanity and it's just like it doesn't know how to because it's just like the quote-unquote right way to do it is the expensive way you know the quote-unquote wrong way to do it is the cheapest way you know and i was like let's flip that because based off research that i have done um in my classrooms and with my um research scholarship you know we are able for mental health to be a pri- I mean to be a priority. We are able mm-hmm. to do it. It's just 
there's a lot of corruption that goes on in the government. So for yeah, I when I tell you, you know, mental health can be a priority. It can be without increasing taxpayers. It can be a priority. The thing yeah. is, it just takes some money out of the higher ups mm -hmm. in corruption. You know, because it's like they're already going to be making billions of dollars regardless because mental health is a billion dollar industry on purpose. You know, it they'll just be making a little bit less billions of dollars. You know, it's the power of greed and who's suffering from it? Everyday folks in society, folks mm. like me and folks like you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's us that are suffering from it. It's us that are falling into addiction because of it. You know what I mean? And it's just like, that's why me personally... I salute people who struggle with addiction. I'm telling you, like, I would go to AA meetings just because they just inspire me. I never struggled with alcohol, but I would just go to AA meetings. Like, when someone struggles with addiction, i rather be, like, their friend than someone who doesn't. You know what I mean? I just, because I just salute people who struggle with addiction. I think they're really strong people. You know what I mean? Um... I just think that they're really strong people. I, I don't see them as their addiction. You know, mm. I see them as a human who is just, yeah. we've all fallen victim to the motherfucking system. You know what I mean? Whether we know it or not, you know, um, yeah. we're all victims of the system, you know, and the only ones who aren't victims are the ones that are in the top 1%, the ones that are making the big moves. And I'm not trying to get political. I'm just saying these things because, you know, we're blaming and we're pointing fingers at everyday folks saying, don't do drugs. Don't do that. It's not that easy. It's not yes. that. I'm about to cry. This will okay. be the first time I cry this season if I actually start crying. So no, like, Davis, I'm so fucking proud of you. Oh, thank you. I'm so fucking proud of you. Seriously. I'm, I, don't, I don't, I'm not joking. I so fucking mean that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. why? You're still fucking breathing, bro. Like, yeah. you're still breathing. And it's just like, you wouldn't be any less if you weren't breathing. I, it's just, you know, it's just an observation. And it deserves recognition. It deserves an applause that you're still fucking breathing. Yeah. After, after everything that tried to take you out. You know what I mean? Yeah. After trying to gain sanity, tried to take you out. You know, it's just... Yeah. And another thing, our body... Um, it's something so weird that our body has always done though, is we know something's killing us, but we're still doing it because we're at least surviving in that moment. Alcohol. Yeah. Yes. For even, even for example, example, McDonald's. I yeah. know damn well that shit's not good for me. I know processed food in general is not good it's for not me, good but I'm hungry yeah. in the moment. So I'm going to, I'm going to eat it, you know? And it's just like, I know that. In the long run, this is not good for me. But in the yeah. in the in that moment, I need to survive. So mm. I say all this to say, you know, for folks, including myself, who have been, you know, taught a lot of shame and you know, yeah. told to put a lot of shame on people who suffer from drug addiction, suffer from drug addiction, who suffer from alcohol addiction who suffer from the temptation of it. You know what I mean? There is so much more reality behind the action. You know, and, and I say this because I want to just provide some hope and some understanding that, and to provide the humanity behind the person who is suffering with addiction. Yeah. It's like, no, like, 
I don't want to just say no to drugs. First, I think we should say no to these damn high ass prices to do things the quote unquote right way. way. Exactly. Let's say no to that fucking first. Let's get to the root of the yeah. problem. And the root of the problem is the fucking one percent. But you know, that's none of my business. Let me be quiet yeah. before they get before I get shot. I think a lot of I think a lot of them. Yeah, don't go on any balconies or anything. Um, I think a lot what? of <laughs> <laughs> don't go on any balconies or anything. Like that. Yeah. I love that. No, you're right. You're right. Shoot. Don't uh, that's where no, I mean, you're 100% right. I think I think the reason why everyone is depressed, I don't know for a fact if this is true, this is just my suspicion, is that we live in a world that is now becoming more and more inauthentic and disconnected. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say because of social media or this or that or the third, but it's just like people aren't as connected. Like as humans, we strive for community. Right. And I think a lot of us, there's more and more people living alone, not being married, not saying you need to get married to not be lonely, but I'm just saying like, there's a lot, there's an epidemic of loneliness. Yes. And isolated, and especially the pandemic just kind of like hammered that in. Exactly. So people don't feel like they have a purpose or even if they do, it's like, well, it doesn't matter what I do anyway. And so that's when they kind of get into the cycle of depression is just like, they feel like, they're hopeless i think sadness is different from depression oh yeah it 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 is psychologically biologically speaking it is a lot of people get it the two confused and the lines blurred and think that sadness is depression no like depression Mm. is not in sadness but sadness is in depression you know Um, so when people can like i've had people tell me oh you just gotta be happy i'm just like you just gotta think of something I'm like, that's not how depression works. You're thinking of sadness. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm not, I think also sadness is a really good emotion. I think when it gets Yeah, standard, it's still valid. When you feel like, oh, there is no hope or I'm too far gone or I'm this mm-hmm. or that third. It's like, there's really no, even to talk more of religion, like, cause you know, I grew up on all that. I, I, I have a good grasp of it. Is that Same. even a freaking Saul who became Paul can be forgiven and used as one of the biggest spreaders of the word in the church and he literally killed and murdered christians so it's like i don't think jesus is gonna forgive me for skipping out of school or like all like the terrible things i've done to people and hurt people it's like i think what like he said about the pharisees i think the scariest part or the people that are like really hard to save are the ones that think they're they're not sinning i think Mm -hmm. the sinners are the ones who really under who get it and i think that's why he would break bread with prostitutes and tax collectors exactly he fights the hardest for those who are the quote-unquote furthest those who like society or no i mean let's call it how it is those who the church deems as you know too far gone or too quote-unquote messed up or too sinful i'm like uh if Jesus was still here physically, he would be hanging out with them, not really you. He wouldn't go to the country club church. He would, I think Jesus yeah. would, he would, if he was in Austin, he'd go to 6th Street or he would go exactly. to the Exactly. And he would like be like, y'all need food? And like, can I wash your feet? Like literally yeah. serve people. So he said, um, the, he said, I came to heal the sick. Exactly. Oh, I remember that verse, but he's yeah, like. Yeah, he came for the sick, not for the well. He yeah. came for the motherfucking sick. And, and that's yeah. something we also forget. Um, not we, shoot, I'm not. The church often forgets, you know. One one thing, I just don't, I've been around, I because I grew up in church too. My dad was a pastor, unfortunately. 
Um, but <laughs> fortunately, yeah. I was atheist until I was 15. And I say fortunately because, shoot, I'm glad I wasn't uh, Christian. Um, yeah. You know, but, you know, if you have to, like, belittle someone to make you feel better, that's, that. like, for example, like, this is, I'm just going to straight up fucking say it. I've heard you know, growing, growing up in like a Baptist church, I've heard them talk about people of the world say, oh, and the people of the world, and you know, they're just sinning and they just ain't got nothing good on them. You know what I'm like? If you have to talk about, if you have to like bash someone to make yourself feel better, what does that say about you? You know what I mean? And that's why like me personally, I don't identify as a Christian anymore. I just don't. I hate that word how I tell people, I was like, I'm a sinner saved by grace through Christ by faith. That's it. Because I am no different than the next person who doesn't believe that I, what I believe. I'm no fucking different than them. You know, they are probably a better fucking person than me. You know what I mean? I'm like, I am no one to, to fucking, you know, that's, I don't, I just don't like that word. The word Christian for me, this is just me. Um, I just choose to not identify it because it's just been such a taught as such a word that I don't know, just everyone who was quote unquote Christian around me was just so higher than everyone else. Like yeah. they were better than everyone else. And I'm just like, and looking back and I'm just like, honestly, people who you bash, I'm like, at least they're honest enough to be themselves. At least they're honest enough to be quote unquote broken. They're not hiding it behind really nice clothes. Nice car status. Exactly. Like my, ooh, yeah, my, my dad had it all. The the pastors, the money, the, he had the influence. He had it all. And that's why he got away with a lot of abuse that he's done to people and myself. He's done a lot. So many children have uh-huh. fell victim to his hands and yeah because of his influence, you know? Yeah. And so the term Christian for me, I just rather not identify as that. And yeah. I, I just, I'm, you know, I'm standing firm with that. You know, like if someone, like, I don't know, I just, I, I, I like, I like that better because you know what, if I've just been heard sinners bash, quote unquote sinners bash so much. And I was like, you know, we forget. I mean, we fuck up too. Yeah. You know, we fuck up too. Shit, I fuck I fucked up three days ago. I struggle with profanity. I cuss sometimes. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's just fucking me. You know, no, that doesn't mean that God uh loves me any more or any less. He just loves me. And that's another thing that I wanted to tell you. Remember you were saying how you feel like you don't deserve a lot of the things that you have? Yeah. You know, I felt like that for so motherfucking long, bro. And I don't know if this is gonna help, but um I know, like, I need to remind myself of this sometimes, and it's really been, like, working for me, um, is God, like, told me, he's all like, you were never meant to be deserving. You were just worth. You were worth. Yeah. You just have value. value. Like, like, a, like a $100 bill. That thing could be walked over, crumbled, but that thing has value. And it's just a fucking piece of paper. That yeah. thing could be dirty, but guess what? That thing can still buy $100 worth. Or you can put that thing in the stock market and make more from it. Yeah. You know, God's like, you are fucking worth. You are never meant to be deserving. Before and after the fall of man, 
I still loved you. And in fact, notice how I loved y'all even more after we fell. Yeah. He loved us even more after we fell. So I'm just like, sometimes I just look around me and I'm like, I don't deserve this fucking, I don't deserve the, um, ooh, I'm about to cry. I don't deserve a really successful podcast. I don't. I fuck up. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't fucking deserve it. You know, I don't deserve the good people that are around me. I don't deserve a lot of things. And then the Holy Spirit's like, exactly, because you're worth it. Deserving is mm. not even in your vocabulary. Worth. You were deserving is earned. Worth is just given. It is just intentional. It's just more intentional. It is above deserving. It's not even on the same level. And Holy Spirit's like, you are you are so important. Deserving does not even define you. Mm. You just are worth. And it's helped me to just see myself and others. You know what I'm just like? We are not our fucking actions. And, you know, if we were deserving of anything, then we wouldn't have nothing. Mm. You know, so we wouldn't have nothing. But we still have these things because we're worth. We're fucking, we're fucking worth. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and then, you know, speaking of religion, um, you know, like, um, that's why me personally, I'm just like, uh, fuck religion i have relationship with god i don't give a fuck what people say i'm just like i have relationship with god honestly i i i'm i'm i can't earn that i can't earn my way to heaven i just can't yeah i can't i'm like he's like uh you are worth it so i mean we're worth it enough for him to fucking you know come down to earth and you know and, and like you said when he was here you know, he served those that the Pharisees, the, the the high religious leaders, those who knew and did all the rules. He 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 told them. You look like you have it all, but you don't. Yeah, you don't have a heart, you know, and it was the people that the, the high religious leaders were bashing and saying, you don't belong here. That's where Jesus was. He was literally with the ones that didn't belong. He was always with the outcast. Always, always. You never see him, you know, like hang around with the Pharisees. You saw him hang around the people that weren't enough, the people that were too dirty, too broken, the people that didn't deserve. You know what I mean? The people that were just honest with their humanity. They just are. Like people, like I've heard so many Christians in my past bash the world because the Christians are like, there's the church and then there's the world. Um, okay, guess what? The Bible says that for God so loved the world. So I'm just like, let's be humble. I was like, you would yeah. say he loves you, right? I was like, okay, then you're part of the world too. I was like, you're not above anybody. You're not above anyone. He came yeah. for every fucking body. No one is fucking excluded because everyone is worth it. We weren't meant to be fucking deserving. If we were deserving, then he wouldn't have came, but he chose to come. That is because... That's why grace is so important because we all have fallen short and deserve death. Exactly. And it's just like, that's why like me personally, like, I mean, that's why I was glad I was atheist for 15 years. I mean, 
I mean, I mean, like, even after I wasn't atheist anymore, like, me being around, like, non-Christians, I mean, that was, they are so loving. I would not be alive without the non-Christians, mm. folks who didn't go to church, folks who were gay or atheist or Muslim, you know what I mean? I would yeah. literally not be alive. They were always loving to me. But when I would be around like Christians, they would always judge me and, and just hate me. And I, I just, you know, and yeah. I was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, but it's just like, who can I call? I can call my atheist best friend. I can call, you know, I can go to the Muslim. I can go to the person who's a Satanist and they just accept me as I am. Yeah. You know, sorry. I'm, I, I know I'm getting a little... No, talking a little too much sorry not, this is all good stuff yeah. um so what is like what is your opinion on like the church's stance and this is church as a broad statement on homosexuality you know like however church is like it's a sin no matter what yeah, no well, no gay people should be in the church or at least have any deacon roles or anything like that mm -hmm. like what, what's your opinions on that the funny thing is the bible actually never said that that yeah. was uh that was changed actually um, homosexuality wasn't even a word back then. Um, the yeah. original, the Bible um, back then that was around for centuries and centuries and centuries before, yeah. you know, King James got his hands on it. And changed that. <laughs> um, it's, it, it didn't say man shall not lie with man. It said man shall not lie with little boy. Why? Because it was normal back then for rich people to sleep with children. And yeah, people already got married young back then. People got married at 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Nice. But I'm not talking like our societal definition of children. No, they, the rich back then, you could be a Jeffrey Epstein in public. If you had money, if you had a status, you could have two three-year-olds to sleep with you. Nice. Two three-year-olds. I would not be shocked if they had one-year-olds. You know what I mean? Um, but two and three year old, and this is all research speaking. I've done my research because I was like, I met Jesus physically when I committed suicide when I was 15. Mm. And uh, he didn't take this away from me. He's all like, uh, it's not a problem. He didn't tell me that. He just hugged me. But like, he didn't take this shit from me, you know, and I love it. I love it now. But um, yeah. And it, if you were poor and did that, you were frowned upon. And so. Yeah. So it's just like that word became a thing. I mean, not the word. That statement, man shall not lie with little boy, became a thing yeah. because it was targeting the rich. Because the rich kept doing it. And so it was just like, this is not okay to do that to children. You know, and women were seen as objects back then. Women weren't seen as a status. So they weren't even included in that statement, man shall not lie with little boy. But anyways... Um, King James, who slept with everybody, men, women, it doesn't matter. He raped so many fucking people. Um, he decided that he wants to take part in changing that word. And I'm not going to get into why. But um, the word homosexuality still wasn't even in the Bible. Um, now, that word um, became, it's not English. That word is German. Okay. And it became, um, um, a word in the in I believe 1892 mm. um, but 
And it was to study human sex, you know, mm. basically sex education, because humans today, we are homo sapiens, you know, that's so homosexual was to study the sexuality of just the sex of humans. So basically, we call it now sex education, you know, and so when that word was even invented, it didn't even, it didn't even mean same sex, you know what I mean? That word yeah. was invented way fucking after the Bible was even written. That word was invented a couple centuries ago. Sexual orientation is a modern age concept, okay? Like, sexual orientation, that did not exist back then. There were no fucking labels for that. So yeah. I almost finished with this, I swear. So oh, you're good. In 1932, or was it 1936, or was it 1934, um, is when the word homosexuality got mass-produced in the Bible. Really? Last century. And in the 1980s is when it got mass-produced in America. See, that you know why? Um, because, you know, the Germans, you know, around that time, um, you know, that's where the word started. Um, yeah. You know, they begin to have that anti-gay agenda and anti-Jew agenda. You know, notice this is around, you know, the Holocaust, Hitler days. You know, um, their first step was anti-gay because Hitler hated gays. Um, and then their next step was going to be anti-Jew. So if Hitler continued his reign, um, we would see some um, tampering about Jewish people in the Bible. Um, the thing is, Hitler just, I mean, not Hitler, just that, um, not just Hitler, he had a say in stuff, but um, it was stopped, but it wasn't stopped. It was stopped soon enough that it wouldn't, um, you know, have like Jewish people impacted necessarily, yeah. but it, it wasn't stopped in time for it to attack gay people. So um, that's why I'm just like, nah. It's not. It's, it was never in the fucking Bible to begin with. And not to get me started on how there are a couple people in the Bible who... Let me be quiet. Because I can go off on a whole tangent. But it's just like, you know, sexuality with 98% of humans, it's fluid. You know, but we just don't talk about that. We just don't talk about it. You know, but I'm like, uh, get someone drunk. And I was just like, get them drunk enough and they'll open up a little bit more. Yeah. But the thing... The thing is, you know, and and I had to, I Holy Spirit had to show me to have some some grace on the church because I'm just, on the current church because I'm like, you know, if they were around five centuries ago, even, yeah, they wouldn't hate gay people. It wouldn't be a thing. It just wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a thing to hate it wouldn't be a thing to bash it just would be no one talks about how king david and jonathan were a couple in the bible no one talks about that you know um you know so it's it wasn't a thing back then you know um i truly think that because i know the bible says that satan comes to steal kill and destroy um and evil and it also says that satan rules this world mm. okay um, he wants to steal knowledge. He wants to kill people. You know how many gay people kill themselves because of the church? I was one of them. I actually completed suicide. Mm. Um, and um, he wants to destroy people's hope. You know, and Satan does some of his best work um, 
inside the church because one of Satan's, he's so wise, one of his best, he, one of his best ways to do his damage is convincing people that he is not there. I've heard about this, yeah. Yeah, that's his best thing, convincing people that he's not there or that he doesn't exist. And what better way to convince people that you're not there than to show up in the name of Jesus? You know, because he can, he can be, he can look like someone of light. I mean, he used to be the second most powerful being on this earth. That was God's baby. Yeah. You know? So, you know, and like even the Bible talks about that. You know what I mean? Um, about how like wolves and sheep's clothing, you know? Yeah. yeah like my father was a wolf in sheep's clothing. He sexually molested so many children. Yeah. And he got away with it. I'm one of them. And he got away with it. You know, he got away with it. And he, he, if you look at him now, he's still super wealthy. He's still so successful. He, he's just doing phenomenal. <laughs> so, but um, let me not go there. But yeah, so that's my little tangent on that, you know. And so, you feel like you hold a lot of resentment towards him still, I'm assuming you Not do. anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. The only reason, and I tell my best friend this, I'm like, you know, and I tell a couple people this, I'm like, I would be so relieved when he finally dies because he's super old mm. now. And the reason I say that is because I will have assurance that he won't be able to hurt anyone ever again. Mm. If he's dead six feet, he will never be able to sexually molest someone ever again. Yeah. Because you know how much trauma that fucking brings on someone and it fucks yeah. up their whole life, especially when treatment and intervention isn't in there. Like... The fact that I'm not going to get into the suicide statistics of it, but it increases health issues, whether that's mental health, physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, so much. And, but guess what? You know, um, no one thought it was him because he was a pastor. Satan does his best work behind, within the church. It's so, true. People, people, a lot of, People, um, a lot of Christians, they don't want to really ask that question that you just asked because, you know, um, the answer that they will get, which is an answer like this, you know, and it's it's too uncomfortable for people yeah. to come to the realization that, guess what, this thing that you are so high, that you, you treasure so much, guess what, um, people have touched it. Mm. People are not immune to... You know, messing up the Bible. Guess what? You know what? You want to know? I almost did. I almost published the Book of Proverbs because I'm already a published author. You know how easy it was to change it. You know how fucking easy it was to change it, and nobody would have batted an eye. Nobody. Yeah. I could have wrote anything I wanted in the Book of Proverbs. Yeah. You know, and so, and that's the thing. I feel like faith in general, whether it's faith in God, whether it's just faith in something else, I feel like faith in general is meant to be wrestled with. You know, because true knowledge comes with challenge. There has to be some type of resistance there for you to gain strength and to really learn and know something. You yeah. know, like, you're not really learning anything if there's nothing. Like, in your weakness, you are strongest because yeah. there is resistance coming against you. There is some resistance. It's kind of like working out muscles in the gym. You yeah. know, you're lifting weights. It hurts. 
and you're getting stronger because there's some type of weight resistance. Yeah, you can't grow with any resistance or any challenges. Exactly. So I think it's important to be able to like get out of their comfort zone. This is like a no-brainer. Get out of your comfort zone and do stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Usually when you feel like you shouldn't do it, and this is not like in an impulse way. Right. Like, <laughs> like you are too nervous or you have too much anxiety, that's almost the perfect time to do it. Yeah. Even if it fails and blows up in your face, at least it's like a good enough learning experience. Exactly. And it's you like know? you did it. You did it. Like you did it. You yeah. tried it. And it's like, God told me, he was like, hmm? Sorry, keep going. No, he was just like, you don't know something until you know. And I'm like, mm. you're right. <laughs> it's like, you're right. Yeah. Like, I didn't know if I would, you know, be successful at a podcast until I knew. <laughs> you know, yeah. other than, I'd rather know than like, be like in limbo and, and not know. I just feel like there's too much stress and being in the middle and like not knowing, you know, like if I would have, especially like, I feel like when people get to like the end of their lives and they look back and now they know that they should have followed their dreams. Mm. I think that's the worst not knowing ever. I just, I just think that's the worst. I don't want to experience that. I don't really, really like life in general. I just don't because of like my mental illness. Like, I mean, honestly, yeah. I just like, listen i've already died before i'm like god you can take me any day i'm not gonna be upset at you yeah but, you know this, if i did love life like most people do you know i would um i just i that would be my greatest fear is to look back in my life and just be like i lived for others or i lived to please society or you know they say you retire at 60 and then but the average um a life expectancy for Americans is 78, you know? So I'm like, wow, work until you're 60 at a position that you don't like. And then yeah. who's to tell yeah. you you're even promised 60, yeah. you know? It's so, true. And then you spend your whole life wasted doing something that you never really enjoyed doing. Exactly. So continue Eight doing your music, day. Davis. Continue yeah. doing your fucking music. Because you know what? You're the person that's going to get to the end of your life and you are going to be so proud that you followed your fucking dreams. While the yeah. person next to you in the other room, um, Pookie Bear, you know, Pookie Bear is <laughs> going to be in that room. And, and Pookie Bear is going to be upset. Though Pookie Bear had a lot of money, but Pookie Bear, yeah. you know, Pookie Bear missed out on friendships. Pookie Bear really wanted to, you know, do some gardening and stuff like that. I like yeah. saying the word Pookie Bear, by the way. So that's I was going to say, who's Pookie Bear? Yeah, no one. No that's one's Pookie me. Bear, but... I think, I think too, is like I was watching this... Uh, sorry, my dogs. I was watching this podcast, and um, this one guy is like, my biggest fear is like when I die, God is going to show me the version of me that he wanted me to be, oh, and yeah. it's going to be nothing like me. That's his biggest fear, and I was like, God, that hits me hard. It's yeah. true. It's like, he's like, I have all these plans for you, and instead you worried or you, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's a big fear. You got to just go out and do it and, and push yourself to do it. I don't think anything's handed to you freely, but I think that especially if you do believe in God and asking for help, he's always going to be present with you. Even in your struggles, it's not like he's watching Even you. Even when you hate him. Cause yeah. right now I hate him right now. I cussed him out yesterday. I cussed him I think out. He appreciates yesterday. the honesty. And exactly. I, there's, there's That's King, so bad. Bad. King Nebuchadnezzar, I believe. 
and don't quote me on this, he, um, God allowed him to go to his madness. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still, I'm charging, sorry, I'm, I'm coming back. No, you're fine. Um, okay. I'm he, charging it now, okay. God gave him over to his insanity, and so Nebuchadnezzar literally wandered the, the world um, as a beast, as like literally like eating like on the ground naked all fours like literally like a beast and then there's a moment i got really got to refresh my memory my mom's gonna be mad that i don't i kind of butchered the story where he I has a prayer to god that snaps him out and it's the prayer is just him screaming yeah and like mm-hmm. ple- pleading for help from god and that's what snaps him out it's like god just wanted him to realize his brokenness and so i think he's saying is like god help me in my disbelief like even though i don't believe you like help me believe help in, me in my unbelief yeah just like help me in my disbelief like even having an honest prayer like that like i think jesus said like don't don't have like fluffed up and butchering all this don't fluff up your prayers just right be honest quiet or just like because god already knows what's on your heart he just yeah. wants you to talk to him so just having really like today sucked um but i guess tomorrow's gonna be better can you help me you know be right, like dear right. father thank you for these peas and carrots and for it to nourish our body. I think a lot of it becomes very ritualistic, which isn't a bad thing. But I think at the end of the day, like he just wants us to be honest and right. he wants us to be the authentic yeah. versions of ourselves. We're his babies. Yes, he wants yeah. us to be honest. He doesn't care if it's not pretty and perfect. Like even in the Bible, it says, approach the throne room like it is yours because it's yours. The mm. sacred throne room he's all like bring all of you do not come here and try to be perfect be you it's okay i got you see like the in my journal when i was journaling um last month i was like god what the fuck is wrong with you i was like you mean to tell me you out of all the people on this earth you couldn't give me a good mom or dad yeah right i was like what the fuck is wrong with you just let me know let me know let me know. So I'm like, God, when I see you, when I get to heaven, I'm going to slap you. I'm like, we're going to fist fight. <laughs> it's like, we're going to fist fight. Yeah. I have this line in one of my songs. It goes, um, um, when I see Jesus, I'll ask him, why the hell do I need you to save me from myself when I'm left needed on the highest shelf? Mm. It's like a understanding of like alcohol too, like left on the highest shelf and also just left to hang. Ooh. Poetry. But it's like, like, Jesus, why the hell do I need you to save me from myself when I've just felt like I've been left on the end with no help? And that's kind of like what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so I, I relate very heavy to that and just having really honest conversations. Um, that's what and- pulled me to your page in the first place, because I saw one of your videos. And yeah. I, I can't remember which one it is. I'm sure if I go back to it, I'll find it. But I resonated with the with your words so fucking much. I listened to it over and fucking over and Thank over you. again. I'm serious. And I needed to hear it that motherfucking day. And yeah. because you following your fucking dreams of doing music, bro, you helped heal somebody. I, yeah. You helped heal me. Seriously. And I don't remember exactly the words, but I remember how I felt. Yeah. I always I remember how I feel about everything. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. You, I think, I think too, and what I'm assuming is that you're very, you have a lot of empathy. And I think I always assumed people were empathetic, but they're really not. Like people are just like straight up narcissists. They really are. Yeah. And I've met in my life that 
And I think what I said, I, I tweeted this one or tweeted it. I put in my story. I said, um, I just came to my head. It was like, be careful of the people that I get annoyed when you set boundaries. And I kind of based off of like when I, when I was quitting. Can you say that again, by the way, just. Yeah. Be careful of people who get annoyed when you set boundaries. So there's people that'll be like, why aren't you going out? Why aren't you going to drink? You think you're better than everyone else? Like why? Or like even with music too, it's like a lot of times when I start, people that are really supportive when I started doing music, people that also do music, I don't name names, have been like, they went from being very supportive to like just, I guess, jealousy or just like will stop following me or don't like my page and just mm-hmm. like I can feel like this unwarranted hate yeah. when I'm not doing anything but just like, expressing how I feel. Boom. Same with my podcast. Same with um, other podcasters who are doing way better than me. Once they saw, you know, that I'm like doing something. I was, I recorded a podcast episode yesterday and I said exactly what the fuck you said. Yeah. You got to be careful. I'm not the only one. It's, um, Young Thug said this of all people. It says, sometimes your good spirit will irritate people's demons. It's like, sometimes you'll have such a good spirit and be around them that their demons will be irritated. And that's a lot of it. It's like the jealousy and the hatred. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying I have a good spirit. I have a lot of bad aspects of me but I think the point of it is like to realize that you have these like really messed up versions of you yeah. I'm actually I keep talking about the songs I'm writing because all this is just please basic. do I mean I want to help get your work our art out there because it definitely needs to be out there your work definitely um, I wrote this one song it's called I started writing it last week and what I do by writing is I usually just like come up with a with a chord structure and then um, I will just like sing it over my head and I'll just do like this free form thing where I just like, don't even try to rhyme. I just sing the melody and I'll just sing like words over it, just random words. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I started reading this one and it was just, I, I have a recording of it. I'll have to send it to you. Um, it's just like on my iPhone and it just gets to this part where I literally started just flowing and, and I, I literally started crying. Like you can hear me starting to cry mm. as, I'm, oh, as I'm singing it. And it's just like, the whole song is like one day I'll get out of my head is the whole gist of it. And the, um, it, it, I kept talking about there's two, there's multiple versions of me, the version of me that's happy and married and the version of me that was so lonely, he climbed to the top and killed himself. And I remember seeing those words and it says, but I see a light down a long hallway. I don't know if that's God or not. And I was saying all these things like really deeply. And a lot of times I'll say this stuff and it kind of just comes out of me and it'll deeply resonate with me. Um, yeah. But, and then I was like, I'm sorry, mother, I, I won't do that. And, and all this stuff. And so it kind of like birthed a song. A lot of those lyrics, I haven't even really added to a song. Um, hold on, let me just play it. Let me play it. Yes. Okay. All right, folks. Now, while he goes and gets his guitar, I'm going to go ahead and stall. Um, so uh, Elmo is red. We love that. Cookie Monster's still blue. We love that. Um, he still likes cookies. Oh, Davis is back. I don't need to stall anymore. It's good. I need, I do this at my show sometimes where I don't know what to say. Like, I'll, I'll be tuning. And um Try to just tell jokes or ask people what's going, but I'm getting better at it. I think that's also a, a learned skill. Oh, he's about to play something for us, folks. Ooh, I'm excited. My voice is not warmed up, so if I sound bad. 
checklist I haven't checked once this week and I have these versions of me hoping the other sinks there's a version that's happy has family and a good job from the top If I get over my head It's in the works. I gotta get keep working on it, you know. Wow, I'm like literally tearing up. Wow, wow, that was be- wow, that was that was that was beautiful. All right, I hate wow. to do this. Let me play a snippet of another. So, wow. what we were talking about earlier about the, and I'm gonna play all this tonight if you still want to go to that show. I'm definitely going. I tell you, I'm going. Definitely going to support. Thank wow, you. appreciate that. It's amazing. Wow. Um, I gotta solidify the lyrics a little bit, but this song is about addiction. So I hate turning. I gotta do it. Um. I'm gonna go ahead and stall again. Oh, just kidding, Davis is back. I need to stall. So, the song is called Using Again. Um, I quit smoking for like oh, eight days or a week or so, and I was just in like a real deep depression. And I went to like the box where I have a bunch of weed things and literally scraped up like dirty scraps and put it in the bong I had and hit it and it absolutely burned my lungs um but in that moment I was thinking like I kind of like this way this this feels mm-hmm. like the way the 
helps me when I'm burning them. So it's a kind of like self-love, self-hatred act of smoking. It's like, I know it's bad for me, but I do it anyway. Cause like you said, I just, I'm like, I want sanity. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to a medium built song, which is like one of my favorite artists right now. And he has a song called Fat Broke Loser. He, one of the lines is, um, I'm a fat broke loser with dishonest thoughts of being somebody, just a sad boy looking for a ticket to the ride. Um, I wondered why my nephew scared me so much. And then I figured it out. I hate myself so much. Why would I make a new me? And I was like, that resonated with me so heavily. So I was like, we, start, we read a song kind of about like the self-hatred of myself, which sounds bad, but it's just like how I was feeling in the moment. And then the second verse of like why I love myself. Mm. So it's like a bit of a duality, I guess. Can you, see, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I burn my lungs so much, I kind of like how I breathe. Huffing for air off amphetamines I'm a lost, addicted, and out of control Hoping someone saves me before I'm too old Wish I understood what addiction meant Instead of this loneliness, hopping in bed I'm a sinking ship just trying to stay afloat Push me out and see and point me to home Not home, I'm in my head Not saved, I'm going to hell With all these passing moments that bring more pain And I start using again Start using again. I love myself so much, I made a fan page. Reside in my house with burnt sage. This is part of my movie And this is me just coming to age This movie I'm dead and gone You're steady moving on Filming all these guys I hope you're well Not home, I'm in my head not saved, I'm going to hell with all these passing moments that bring more pain. Then I start using again. I using again. Thank God I'm using again. I'm using again. Using again. Using Burn my lungs so much, I kind of like how I breathe. It's like huffing for air off in the fetamines. 
that's it. Davis. Thanks, man. That was you phenomenal. Man, you, you sound really, really good. Thank you. That was literally phenomenal. I cannot wait to come out and support you. Thanks. I got a lot more sad songs. <laughs> oh, bro, that's honest songs, man. That's honest. Yeah. So, I can just hear it. Someone needs, bro, what? Are you going to release that to, like, Apple? Because I, I know a couple people that I think they really want to hear yeah. that. I'm working with um, this guy in Eastside Music Studios. I got to connect. So it's just a matter of, like, scheduling and getting in there. and then Do you have put it on Spotify or something or SoundCloud? Uh, nothing. I have okay. nothing. Because okay. I really, yeah, I don't have anything yeah. on because for so long I, I kind of, gave up on it mm -hmm. and then I just never released anything but now I'm just like very determined to to get my stuff out there because I have a bunch of me like really have a bunch of songs that I could record and get out there a lot of half finished but a lot of them are like fully finished so I have enough for like a whole album but I'll probably pick five and do like an EP mm -hmm. um but yeah I appreciate that I have a I can't wait to play some more for you tonight too like there's one song called Stranger that I have kind of just touches base to the whole imposter syndrome. I actually wrote it like very, pretty drunk in the back of a bar. Mm -hmm. uh, I just had this like same thought as like, I feel like I'm a fake and I feel like a stranger. Mm. Like the whole, the whole like hook is like, I feel like a stranger and I feel like a fake. Made my decisions and made my mistakes. I've talked to my demons and lost all my faith. You ask me how I'm doing. I say that I'm great, but I'm lying. Mm. Oh my God, damn mind. Sit like that. Oh my gosh, you sound so good. You sound so good. Oh my gosh, that was phenomenal. And the words, that was just, that was, that was powerful. That was powerful. So well, a lot of my, a lot of my stuff is heard all over the world right now. You're being heard all hey. over the world. As soon as this thing drops, you were heard in over 30 countries. Sweet. Follow me on TikTok, guys, and Instagram. Yeah, Davis all that, <clears throat> folks, <clears throat> all of that, folks, will be in the episode description below so y'all can click it and go support support um yes so um before this episode releases davis i'll like reach out to you um and ask you to send me any of your socials any links any just yeah. anything you want everyone to know gotcha. um, you know so that you know we can go support i appreciate that I, i'm gonna watch I have like a little recording stuff at my house. I need to just make some demos so I can at least have something out there. Mm -hmm. You know? That's awesome. But, well, yeah. you know, um, you know, this platform, it's going to help you win. I appreciate more and that. more. I want to see you win. Thanks. Seriously. Um, and before we end, I do want to mention another thing, speaking of like mental health, especially like mental health and religion, um, you know, um, Moses was suicidal um, in the book of Numbers, chapter 11. Um, Hannah is honest with God saying that he feels like he's neglecting her, First Samuel chapter one. Um, mm. 
Gen uh, Rebecca is depressed, hopeless, weary, and suicidal. Genesis 27. Genesis chapter 27. Um, mm. uh, First Kings chapter 19, Elijah is hopeless, weary, and suicidal. Mm. Um, um, and also in that chapter, Elijah um, feels isolated. Um, now, Joe has a lot of suicide, suicidalness. Job. Um, Job chapter 3, you know, here's an example. Job is suicidal, weary, weary and depressed. Jonah chapter 4, Jonah is suicidal and hopeless. Jonah chapter 4, again, Jonah is angry with God. Um, in fact, Jonah's last recorded words of, of God um, were of anger. Mm. Um, Habakkuk chapter 1, Habakkuk. Um, he is frustrated and questioning with questioning God. Um, and these are and in David, David super honest as well. Uh, Joseph super honest. So these are things that we don't hear about in church. You know what I mean? Mm. And it bothers my mind because there's so many people that go to church that are struggling with these things, but they can't talk about it because, you know, there's not a space created to uh, talk about it. You know, mm. um, and I just feel like the church has a lot of potential of like healing, you know what I mean? Whether a person is a Christian or not, I just feel like church should be like a church building should be a place where people just come to get well, whether that's spiritually, yeah. whether it's just not, you know what I mean? And it's like something that I would love to see is, you know, how about the church use some of its tithing money to help pay for mental health resources Thanks. you know because the shit's not um the shit's not cheap you know yeah. um yeah and so all of these great names you know um that people talk about in church you know i'm like guess what they are suicidal they were honest they felt like god neglected them they were questioning god they were depressed yeah. weary they said that, elijah said that he quits he says I don't want nothing. I don't want none of this. I didn't ask for none of this. I don't give a fuck how big the purpose is for yeah. the plan. It's too much pain. You know, no yeah. purpose could be worth this amount of pain. You know, I, I say those things to God all the fucking time. And mm. I was around like a lot of the church was like, oh, you, 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 you just got to pray about it. Or, you know, you yeah. shouldn't be feeling that way, you know, and the Holy Spirit showed me, he's like, uh, you're being honest with God. First of all, that's what God wants too. Guess what? So many people of these great names have been that. You're just bold enough to um, you're just bold enough to um, be honest and express it, you know. Um, and I tried to hide it, but that's the thing with mental illness; it will come out one way or another. Or just like yeah, or just like who you are as a person. Like you can't hide those parts. Be messy or not, no one needs to like bathe out in the sun. Honesty equals healing. And if I didn't talk about it, I would have committed suicide again. Yeah, no, that's, that's why I committed suicide in the first place. I mean, there wasn't, a, um, I wasn't able to talk about it. You know, I mean, that's not why I committed suicide in the first place. But you know, if I was yeah. able to talk about things, I wouldn't have done that. But also, if I didn't have done that, I wouldn't have met Jesus. And I'm not saying people go kill yourselves to meet Jesus. No. Meet Jesus like, yeah. like you know, he physically came down here to earth and hugged my soul back into my body when my soul was leaving my body it feels weird like when the soul is leaving the body but i felt that instant regret um and then like he comes and hugs me and i've never felt loved in my life i've never felt loved in my life 
I grew up in a very abusive household. No one loved me. I'm not just saying that to be dramatic. No one loved yeah. me. Like, you yeah. know, I was gay, you know? And so it's just like, no, like I, I remember so clearly, like, you know, being told that I should have been aborted, that my mom should have aborted me, you know, being told mm. this by my brother, like, you know, my dad just beating me whenever he wants to, my dad, you know, um, starving me, you know, oh. trying to starve me straight, you know, that man tried to kill me at one point, you know, the man just Jeez. beat the shit out of me whenever the fuck he wanted to, I was always ignored, I was just always, and so, um, and I was not only was I dealing with shit at home, I was dealing with shit at school too, you know. Um, yeah. School was my happy place, though it was hell, it was less hell than home, mm. you know. So, yeah, I that's, come with some great one-liners too, because I'm a published. That's really I'm good. A, I read that I'm down. a published poet. I, I, I'm a published author. Y'all know that. Um, I Go find my poetry book on Amazon. It is spoken. Yes. I have it. Oh my God, shut, stop. Oh my God. Yeah, where is it? It is spoken by Trenton Epizon, E-P-I-Z-O-N. Go check it out, folks. It's very good. I just moved in, so I wonder what the hell I just put it. Oh my God, no way. You bought it? Uh, You actually bought it? it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, stop. I'm like nervous. I'm not nervous. Where the hell is it? I feel like a... Oh, there it is. I was hiding behind my my 300 book. Yeah, see? Shut up. My screen is fuzzy though, but yeah. Oh my gosh, that is There's so one weird. I really love. That, that's why I knew that we were going to be, um, it's going to be a good podcast or just in general, we're going to be good friends, is that you are, we have the same brain. Like we ha- we talk about the same stuff. Yeah. Um, like I, the one that really hit me hard, and once again, I'm probably like five, six pages in, is it like, I am me, I am gay, I'm a rape survivor, I'm nervous at times, I am afraid of being pushed away Wait, by sorry, it. can you start that over? I cut you off, yeah. I'm sorry. Say that again. So, this is a poem. Uh, oh, the poem in um, um, my book that you really like? Yeah. Okay, go um, <laughs> I am me, I am gay, I am a rape survivor, I am nervous at times, I'm afraid of being pushed away by others, I'm afraid of loving a guy and being rejected, I'm afraid of never living up to my family's expectations, I'm not a sexual person. I'm happy at times. I'm grateful at times. I'm fighting to love me. I love that I'm fighting to love me. I'm fighting to believe that I can be loved. I'm special. I am a treasure. I am a jewel. I am a child of God. I'm confused about my purpose in life. I am a struggle. I am a sufferer. I am weak at times. I am a warrior. I am all five love languages. I am gay. I am me. That's beautiful. Seriously beautiful. I think it's, I think it like, it also too is like, you'll say like, I I am fighting to love me and I am special and you still go to the end. Like I'm confused about my purpose in life. Mm-hmm. So I think there's like honesty and being like loving yourself, but also realizing that you don't have all of it together. Um, I don't think anyone who's like, it's mental health is a journey. Um, I think that I'm in a good path right now. Um, but not to say that like, I don't fall or, or right. you know, or I, I get like patterns of of self-loathing or doubt. It's just oh, like yeah. all that stuff is still going to be there. Yeah. Um, like all the dark parts of myself. And instead of killing it, um, mm-hmm. I think there's a phrase called hugging the cactus. You have to hug yeah. like the terrible. And yeah, this is not even talking about like 
what you've been talking about the poem just saying like you are all these things oh keep reading um eventually you're gonna uh hit a two poems of literally what you just said about the cactus analogy yeah i think it's toward the end i don't know i think it's in the last chapter but it's um yeah i think you're really i think you're really gonna um resonate and like it that's the thing about you know mental illness it it can inspire so much creativity yeah this is also good and i like how you don't have everything structured to a t i think that's good and it's more honest that way too yeah Yeah. i wanted it to be like that i yeah i wanted it to be like that i think the best songs i've written i don't know if they're even good or bad but the best songs i've written were like when i wasn't trying to be something else i just wanted to be honest you know, like kind of say mm-hmm. what I feel. So I think there's times where I've tried to written songs. I'm like, I want to use this adjective or I want to communicate this using that. And it always comes off inauthentic. But the word, the lyrics where I'm just like, I'm a stranger, I'm a fake. It's like, you're just saying what you mean. Mm. You know, I could have like dressed that up in a certain way or made it seem less um woe is me like because I don't think I'm a victim I don't I don't have a I used to have a victim mentality I don't think I'm a victim but I still experience and feel these things and right right what I do with that is just by speaking it and this is a very new to me for so long I just kind of buried it um it was never really honest was always afraid to be honest and then now I'm just trying to be honest with people like yeah I'm I'm an addict I'm addicted to like multiple things I'm have a tendency to be mean. I have a tendency to be abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I struggle with my self identity. And I think all that stuff is like really beautiful that you can even get to a place where you can admit that yeah. to yourself. Like yes, it's beautiful. Exactly. Like, everything is, everything's kind of shitty, but it's, it's beautiful at the same time. Um, and I think I'm funny enough, I actually wore this shirt on purpose. This is a band I like. And yeah. I I nothing matters anyway mm-hmm. and it's like a nihilistic where you can be like this like oh nothing matters anyway so who cares mm-hmm. but it can also be like nothing really matters in the end we all die we're all going to die trying to figure this out anyway mm-hmm. so just like live your truth and in, in love because nothing matters anyway so there's there's a statement that has two understandings well I think a lot of people too is like because he was like I'm a piece of shit. I don't need to be here. Could also be the same season as I'm a piece of shit. I need God. It's like, you're saying the same thing, but the end result is like realizing, oh, I don't have it all together. I need need help. And like, we all need each other to support. So saying the same. Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, I think before we had like kind of like a brief meeting before this, um, you only will kill someone that you love the whole Kanye West. Um, I think I'm bipolar that first song he he talks about like, um, I love myself so much. So therefore I think about killing me Mm. and suicide especially is such a, um, it really is an egotistical. It's like a way for you to like finally really love yourself in an intense Mm. way, just like the opposite side of the coin. But I think that people who feel that way also have the capacity to love themselves stronger. I, I just think that, like you said, we need more accessibility to mental health, mm-hmm. cheaper services, and just like for an open forum to people to be honest, and especially with social media where we're all encouraged to take the best pictures and angles and make sure it has yeah. a filter. 
pretend like we all have this shit together. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my music page is like, I want to be like authentically myself. And like, I'm just going to like not take myself seriously. Not because I don't think what I'm saying is serious, you but it's like. You are perfect on this podcast because that's exactly what vulnerability time is, you know? Yeah, just like be, be, be honest, man. Yes. Like you only, the only disservice you do by lying is hurting yourself. It doesn't, mm, it hurts yeah. others, but mainly it just hurts you. It's like, if you're not even willing to be yourself, it's easier said than done. Cause I've been in relationships where I've sacrificed parts of me just for them to work. Or mm. I've been in like friendship relationships where I feel like they were detrimental, but I'd rather not have been alone. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the song is like, I broke up with my ex-girlfriend um we kind of split and it's because I just kind of realized it was like I don't really we were just toxic together but I realized I didn't really love her because I didn't really have the capacity for love for myself Mm. Um, so the first line is like baby I was lying when I told you that I loved you when I hardly love myself Mm. so give me your body I'll put you in a corner and only play when I got bored but Mm. okay story my pain felt lonely and liked you to be around it's like Mm. people just like it was just, I didn't actually love her. I really just wanted her to be there. Like you should write a poetry fucking. You should fucking write a poetry book. I really do. Music and poetry I mean the same beast. Yes. Put a little differently. Yes. I thought about it. a lot of my notes. Like if anyone stole my phone and went through my freaking notes, they would think I'm an actual crazy person. I am an actual crazy person, but I not help you um, publish it so that you don't have to like go through the process alone. Like I mean, obviously, like it's your work. You'll publish it, but like I, I'll help you through the process of like, okay, this is what you need to do. Because um, um, now that I went through it, the process seems very quick and very easy. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, if that's something that you're interested in, you can let me know whenever. And I literally do not mind. I want to help you. I don't give a fuck if I'm I don't give a fuck if it's 1 a.m. I want to help see you win. Because it's not gonna it, yeah, I mean, we need to just we all need to help each other. This earth is already tough enough. Yeah, it's already messed up enough. Yeah, I make it harder nice. for someone by making them have to do everything on their own. And I was just like if you have a gift that you can give, you know, give it. That's what we have our gifts for. We're also meant to share it. Even the Bible says that, you know, our yeah. gifts um, aren't just for us. It's for know? others. Yeah, it's also for others. Because what if someone needs to read or to hear or to see your gift so that they can live one more day on this earth, even if it's just mm-hmm. one more fucking day? Yeah. And that's like the whole point of, that's what really got me to start the Vulnerability Time podcast is obviously there's multiple reasons and I um, thank God for it. Um, He's the one that helped him and the special guests have helped make it like so, so, so successful. And the reason why I say I thank God for it, I don't mean that in a cliche way, is because like I literally almost did not start the podcast. Like Mm. I literally was like, eh, I don't know. Nope, nope. As much as I want to do it, oh well. But like, Holy Spirit was like, you remember when Holy Spirit basically told me that, um, you know, if this podcast, if either my words or the special guest words can help someone live just a little bit longer, fucking do it. Because you know what? Someone could be on their way you know, in a car right now to go end it. They mm. could be on their way home right now to go fucking end it. 
you know, but because of the words of, of relatability or the authenticity um, or because of me or because of the special guests or because of you, you know what I mean? They will decide, you know what? I'm not going to put a gun to the head, mm. you know, and who knows that who, who knows that, you know, because they're um, alive just one more week that that one more week turns out to be where everything just comes into place where every great thing that they ever needed falls into place. They'll get that job. That job will call them. You know what I mean? But they won't have that if they left last week. You know, they won't have tomorrow if they left yesterday. And that is it. Listen, there's no shame towards it. There's no shame towards it. But that is just the motivation for this podcast. Um, It's not just to give people healing, but to give people hope. Because it's not easy to talk about this shit. You know what I mean? And, you know, if someone is on their way right now, because this podcast is going to be out there forever. Once it's out there, it's out there forever. You know, um, five years from now, Davis, your words could be helping someone. Someone could be living their best life right now, have all the money in the world, don't have a a problem to worry about, living great, living lavish. They're... They they're, they could be the type of person that's um, like, oh, why do people like commit suicide? They're selfish or they're weak for that or just be, stay happy. And then Work you out. know what? Life could hit them five years from now and humble them and they'd be at a point where they're ready to go home and end mm-hmm. it. But because they hear your words, five years from now, Davis, yeah, they are still alive. Even yeah. if it's just one more day. Thanks to you. So yeah. just know that, you know, that's that's the motivation from this podcast because I was on my way to oh my like, no, no, you're fine. Um, I was on my way to end it when I was 15, you know, and I had nothing to relate to, no one to go to, you know what I mean? I had nothing to hear, nothing to listen, nothing was there for me to feel like I wasn't alone. Mm. So... Um, yeah, and like I said, this podcast is heard in over 30 countries, and um, obviously, like, as the days go on, it's going to be heard in more. Like, all my analytics, it just grows and grows and grows and grows, yeah. you know? And so it's like, I know in some countries that are on my analytics list, there are some countries where I already just know, like, mental health, that's something you definitely don't talk about, mm. you know? Seems like a sign of weakness. Exactly. And so, you know, when I see those countries pop up, it just, I'm like, man, that is just so beautiful. It's so beautiful that it's, it's beautiful. Spread that much. Yeah. So that's the point of the whole, like, vulnerability. That's the start of the Vulnerability Time podcast. And um, I'm glad I went through it, went, uh, uh, actually went through it and decided to do it because. You know, God made it top 14% most followed podcast in the world. And it's only going to be growing from there. Yeah. And that's what it's about. It's about healing folks, um, saving lives. That's what it's about. Yeah. If you do things, I think with a good heart and good intention, they always, always work out. But the majority of the time they work out. And even if they yeah. don't learn a lesson to help you in the future yeah uh, i think that when you go into anything with bad intentions or the intents of like i want to be famous and rich it's like it never right. works out 
Right, exactly. And God can read the intentions of your what you do. Mm-hmm. And he's only going to bless people that have good hearts. I mean, truly. And if, even if you have a bad heart, he's still present there with you. Exactly. Yeah. He never fucking leaves. Because yeah. I cussed his ass out the other day. He never fucking leaves. In yeah. fact, I feel like he's holding me and hugging me tighter. You'll never be more loved than you are right now. That whole gyra line. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So with that being said, folks, this has been another episode of Honorability Time, recognizing mental health and religion and more. <laughs> and more. Oh, yeah. We 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 touched on some yeah. topics. Yes. That's great. This flew by, um, too. With that being said, folks, um, two things. I will be going to see Davis today at his performance. I'm excited. Um, yes. But with that being said, folks, if no one has told you today that they love you, please allow me to be the first and allow mm-hmm. yourself to be the second. You are lovable. You are worth it, Davis. I don't just love you. I life you. I life you. Um, mm, that's thank, you. thank you for being on this earth. You have overcome 100% of the, your bad days because everything that tried to take you out, you're still here. Winning is not a feeling, it is an action. Uh, Davis, mm. you are winning, even when you feel like you don't. I appreciate so, that. So, um, with that being said, folks, um, I will see y'all next episode for whatever that will be, whatever we'll be talking about. I don't know, but I will see y'all on the next episode. All right, Davis, say goodbye to the peeps. Don't hang up, though. Bye, peeps. I appreciate you, seriously, for, for giving me this time to, to talk. And I just think what you're doing is really beautiful and is super powerful. And I think it's just, you are only going to get better and and influence more and more people so i just encourage you to to keep going because i mean you're doing you know literally lord's work and just doing a good work in general so i sincerely mean that i receive i receive that as hard as it is sometimes to receive words like that i receive it today thank you of course